Hi, everybody. I'm JJ Cleo, and welcome to Clink. For today's interview, we are sitting down with Lauren Brill, who's the CEO and founder of Sweet Lawrence, which is a refrigerated cookie dough company. But this is not just any cookie dough. This is all natural, unrefined ingredients, no artificial flavors, and it's uh, incredibly delicious. You can find it at your local Whole Foods um, and soon many, many, many other grocery stores. I literally ate three cookies during our interview, um, and I'm not known for my sweet tooth, so I can vouch for them without question. Lauren, aside from all of her business accomplishments, has a very interesting and um, certainly on this show unique story. Basically, her obsession with nutrition and all natural ingredients began with a battle with cancer when she was 22. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away here, but Sweet Lauren's and, and the business really came out of that experience. And it's, for lack of a better word, pretty inspiring to hear her tell it. Anyway, it's a, it's a really great and special episode today. So I hope you enjoy it. Lauren, great to have you. Great to be here. So, uh, would you mind just telling us what are we drinking? Um, we're drinking Mum Napa Brut, <laughs> Brut Rosé, which is actually my favorite. So it's a sparkling rosé. It's not like Prosecco. It's it's a sparkling rosé. Yeah. It's a little pink. It's bubbly. Perfect way to end a Friday. Fantastic. Um, and I would say clink, but we have plastic cups. <laughs> so. Super classy. We're going to start, as we always do, just like at the beginning. Okay. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about where you grow up, um, you know, your childhood, what you were like as a kid, that kind of thing, we can go from there. Sure. So I grew up on 87th and Broadway on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. Same street, just like. Yeah, exactly. Just literally <laughs> just up, just up, up yeah. a bit. <laughs> um, and I have an older brother and a younger sister. And um, so I grew up in this like amazing home, but it was pretty crazy um, in the sense that things were just always very fast paced. My mom was an entrepreneur and um, super busy yeah. and kind of home for dinner or just home to say goodnight to us. Yeah. Um, what did your mom do? My mom owned um, a law firm. She was a managing partner of a law firm, um, Jacoby and Myers, here in New York. So she traveled a lot, um, and she was um, she was just a very she was on a lot of boards. She was on our school board. She was very passionate about education, and so she w- between being on the board of our school, being you know r- running this company, um, being on the face of like she was in the ads and did a lot of marketing for the business. I mean, yeah. There was a ton of travel. She was running all around. So we had to live in Nan, like Nanny, a Manny. Um, his name is John. He's like my brother now. He's one of my best friends. And he lived with us. And um, actually, it's a really funny story. He was the art teacher, or assistant art teacher in our elementary school. And my mom wow. found him and was like, he seems like a really nice, fun, creative guy um, and he was looking to like find a place to live in New York that where he could do kind of like a part-time job and and study something else and go back to school so he moved in and really helped kind of 
I don't know, be kind of a, a guide as we grew up just because. Yeah. Yeah. At what age did that start? Um, my sister was five. I was 10. My brother was 12. Got it. And he lived with us, I think, for 10 years. That's Crazy. so cool. So cool. So how old was he? Was he like in his mid-20s or something? Yeah, I th- I think he was 27 yeah. or so. And while he lived with us for those 10 years, he went to massage school, became a natural chef, like who studied like natural sure. foods, uh, an amazing chef. Um, and he became a yoga instructor. And so he was okay. kind of this, like jack of all trades. The dots here. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So this is how I was raised. Like I was raised <laughs> with with this kind of culture. Um, it's true. And he would make you know delicious, really healthy meals at night. Um, and if my mom came home, we would have you know dinner all together as a family. But family dinners were very important. So we always had family dinner together, and there was always salad, you know, with dinner, and it was always just like well balanced and fresh and healthy. Sure. And my dad, my parents did get divorced when I was 14, but um, they always had a very interesting like marriage. Like my dad lived in Cold Spring, New York, about an hour outside the city. And he'd come in for a couple of days of the week and we'd drive up on the weekends. And we just, again, had this like fast paced life where we were kind of like running all around. So we had this like country house where my dad lived, but he'd come to the city sometimes. And so we were just always on the go. That's yeah. how I like kind of remember my childhood. Yeah. Um, but I went to Bank Street Elementary School, which is a great, very liberal elementary yeah, school. I don't know. Um, it's a great school. They, you know, you call your teacher by their first name, that kind of school, you know. Um, and I remember um, I had a lot of friends, and we were really active. And I remember like being like the fastest girl, like in when we would do races. I was always like kind of. Beating, yeah, that's a big know, deal when you're that age. Yeah, it was a big deal. I was proud of it. And I had an older brother, so yeah. I was always like, just like race. racing him. Yeah, like I always was like, I can catch up to you. You know? <laughs> that's kind of how I remember my childhood. <laughs> so I, was that your reputation? Like, the, were you the athletic girl? Were you like the crunchy yoga <sighs> balanced diet girl? I think... I mean, I think elementary school, you're too young to have yeah. even that. I think, I, I, think it, I think it was just... I was like... Social and and fun. Um, I think I matured fast by the age of like twelve or thirteen. Like I had boobs already and just had had, <laughs> you know, all those kind of experiences. It was definitely and I think just growing up in New York, you just grow up yeah. fast. Um, I think when I went to high school, I went to Riverdale High School, which is a great but you know competitive sure. high school in New York. Yeah. Um, I was only friends with the guys freshman year, and I just found it hard to connect with. A lot of girls and that changed as I think um, as I went through high school um, and I think I probably would have been known as like yeah kind of like the crunchy outgoing fun girl <laughs> <laughs> who everybody wanted to be friends with yeah no I like, think it, the coolest girl <laughs> the coolest ever. girl in this world no yeah. I mean I think I think I got along with most people um, not everyone I got along with most sure. people um, and I think I just wanted to have a good time and I think I felt, um, I don't know, I was into, I, I was really into painting. I was on the track team. I think, you know, I had a couple different interests. So, um, and I was really close friends with the girls in the grade above me. So, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm still close with them. So, um, looking back, and then for college, I only applied to schools in California, or really on the West Coast, which wasn't the norm for my high school. Most kids kind of stayed in the East Coast. 
Um, but I just knew I wanted a completely different experience. And I love, I've always loved the West Coast. I've always loved this, like, the warm weather and kind of like the healthy vibe. And so I only applied to schools on the West Coast. And when I got into USC, I was like, it was perfect. It was a perfect size. It was social. It was academic. It was fun. It was um, it was just the right size, not too small, not too big. And so that's where I went to college. Yeah. So, you know, you were into art and yoga and, you know, things that I, I think a lot of people may not associate with being driven or competitive um, mm. or those kinds of attributes. Was that true of you? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that I art, I've always needed a creative outlet. Yeah. And so it's true. I think, well, I think you can be, I mean, I, I don't think you can generalize like that. But I do think that art to me was just always kind of this like f- really fun hobby and um, creative expression. Um, it was never something I really thought I would go into full time, like try to be a full time artist. Sure. I was going to go to art school, but I did spend a lot of time in college um, with painting classes, even though I majored in communication because um, I always had this desire for art. Like I, I think art is so important. I think it's very balancing. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's I think that I've never really been. I, I mean, I never got straight A's throughout school. I was never yeah. like the driven, yeah. crazy student. I mean, I think I got an A plus like once in physics. Right. And I was like, I and drop the mic. Like I'm that's done. A, I mean, that's a good <laughs> A plus though. Like a physics A plus. Sure. And I think that was like I was like, okay, I think I, I think I'm done. Like, why do I even? Right. Like, okay, I can do it, but like, why? Yeah. I don't Academics never really got me too excited. I, I've always loved learning, but academics were just like never my thing. I knew I wasn't going to go for like a PhD. Yeah. Were, were your parents cool with that? Like, did they want you to be more academically inclined or were they? No, I mean, I wasn't a slacker. I always did well. Sure. Um, but no, I think both my parents were entrepreneurs. So I think... They couldn't really say anything. Yeah. They were like, she'll find her way. You know, she's good. Got I, it. I remember in elementary school, there was something called a Mad Minute. Oh, I hate Do you know those? Minutes. You know I, that, I, right? I freak out as soon as we had to do Mad Minutes. No, Mad Minutes were my... So, again, um, I, w- I remember being, like, one of the fastest girls, right? Like, beating the guys. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is... I don't know why that felt so good when you were, like, 10, 11 years old. And then Mad Minutes were these, you know, math equations that you had to do on 60 seconds. And I could, I was the only girl that could wow. do them in under 60 seconds. And I was so proud of it. And so, and I remember one day, because again, my, our, my mom actually, she would drop us off at school in the morning, which was like our time with her. It was like the one thing she could fit in in her schedule. And I remember one day being like, but you know how like there's some moms that like stick around school lobby sure. and hang out and they're there to pick you up. I mean, like yeah. she was never. They're on the PTA. Or she whatever. was never yeah. one of those. But right. she. So I was like, can you just come? I just really want to show you this. And so I showed her that I could do like the Mad Minute in under 60 seconds, which was like, incredibly impressive in my mind <laughs> and something I'd worked really hard for. And she like wasn't even that phase. You know, she's like, of course you can do it. So I think that, um, I mean, again, like I think. I, I don't know. I think both my parents were driven by passions, and so they couldn't hold their children to that. You know, it wasn't about academics. Sure. It was just it was you know finding something you love and really like dedicating yourself to it. What did or does your father do? So my dad is kind of a jack of all trades. He lives in North Adams, Massachusetts now. He owns an art gallery, 
and he used to be an architect. He um, has invested in um, companies. He's um, he's very interested in just innovative ideas. So he's kind of Got it. like if, if you should interview him just because <laughs> <laughs> he's like incredibly well read and knows a ton about history and is. You know, he's just kind of a jack of all trades, but I'd say right now he owns this um, art gallery that's in North Adams, Massachusetts. Got it. So you decide to go out to California. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your experience like at USC? So again, I was that kind of crunchy yeah. girl that was friends with guys. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like a girly girl. And. I got to USC and realized that USC had this huge sorority fraternity culture, which is just so alien to someone growing up in New York sure. because it's just not um, it's just not part of our culture. And so, but I moved to USC, um, and USC campus is in like right next to Compton. I had no car. I didn't know anyone at the school. No one from my school went either. Yeah. And so. Um, the big social scene was in like sororities and fraternities. So I, I remember my roommate and I got very close and our the two girls across the hall from us were very close. So the four of us were like, okay, we'll rush into, you know, and try to get into sororities. And if we all don't get into the same one, we'll just like decline because what would be the point, you know? And we all rushed and we all got into different sororities and we all stayed. <laughs> um, right. Uh, yeah. About that pack. <laughs> exactly. So moving forward, yeah. I think, you know, I think we all just, um, I think it was a fun way to experience college. It was a, it was crazy. I mean, USC sorority scene is its own world, but it was, it was a, it was a great way to meet new people. It was a great way to have um, fun parties and social experiences and build a community. Um, and I majored in communication. And from the first year, when I was trying to figure out if I was going to major in business or communication. I remember talking to like the guidance counselor and at USC, if you were going to do business, you had to be on campus at USC the whole time. But I knew that it was really important for me to study abroad. So I majored in communication with this like big emphasis in fine arts and painting so that I could study abroad for a whole year. And so my junior year, I studied in Amsterdam and Florence and had like for sure one of the best years of my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Is there a USC program at Florence? Um, it, it's through Syracuse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you go the communications route. Mm-hmm. Was that, it sounds like maybe that wasn't the right idea. I know. It was kind of, you know, looking back, I've always been interested in business. I was teaching yoga on the side. Um, in, I, during college? During college. Yeah. I was really interested in I mean, I really love the fine arts classes, and I did like the public speaking classes. I think communication, the best thing about it was that it it had so many different types of classes, and they really emphasized public speaking, which is an incredibly important, you know, skill, especially if you run your own business, especially if your name's on the package of your business and you're going to be the face of a brand. So I think those are things that, like, you don't necessarily learn so much um, in straight business school. Um, so I think I had more freedom. I think I was, uh, we had a ton of interesting speakers. We were, took a lot of classes um, with the film school, which is so amazing at USC. And I knew I wasn't, you know, going into film, but again, that it, it, I think, 
I was inspired by the classes that we got. I mean, it was very creative. It was very, it was all about connecting and communicating. And I think the most memorable part was the public speaking classes. Um, but I didn't love it. I wasn't in love with it. I kind of was like, what did I just major in? Yeah, like, it was sure. a little bit of everything. It was like too late. Yeah, for sure too late. Yeah. And I think after that year of studying abroad, I mean, it was like an epic year. And then coming back and being a senior, like I started dating a guy who wasn't even at USC, you know, who lived in LA. And I just felt I was kind of done with school by then. Yeah. Yeah. So senior year was like a little anticlimactic in that sense. It was. Yeah. And like with my sorority, like I stayed with it. I didn't deactivate, but you know, I was never a sorority girl. Like I was, you have to like earn points to. <laughs> to like kind of stay like seriously like seriously by doing Sorry, no like seriously, <laughs> no no but seriously yeah. but seriously you do um you know by attending events and being social and wow i mean that's how they kind of um track you know you know your involvement and so actually sophomore year i lived in the house and so you have to gain enough points to live in the house because not everyone can live in the house and it's this insane mansion where they have like a chef and yeah. Like, you know, huge showers, like six showers that you share. And I, because I had the lowest points, but, <laughs> but, but enough, enough points to live in the house, but the lowest you could get, I lived in the six man. So imagine that, three bunk beds. Oh, God. Three bunk beds of, you know, three, you know, six women that are sophomores in college yeah. at USC in a sorority. <laughs> I mean, it was it was hilarious, you know. It was hilarious. So all good things, though. Kind of remind me of camp. You get close to girls. It built a community, um, and and you know, I didn't have a family out there. So I think, you know, looking back, like it was it was good for what it was. But I think by senior year, I just I kind of socially, I was just ready to. I was ready to get yeah, out. You're ready for the next thing. And I hadn't really found my group. Like, I, I wasn't that close to, like, a whole group of people. I had, you know, people in different classes that I was close to. And I would say but the one blessing is that senior year, I was um, part of this mentorship group called WISE that mentored um, young women in, like, Compton area. And, like, high school students, girls, just teaching them about um, just healthy living. And, and um, it was a really great experience. And I met a lot of cool girls it, like the like the girls that I connected to, kind of I I lot I met a couple of them through that. So, and then senior year, the the blessing of all this is that um, a bunch of the girls that I ended up getting super close to, like now my best my best closest group of friends, um, moved from LA to New York. So after we graduated and I moved back to New York, all of a sudden there's a lot of people that were for, from LA, born and raised, that weren't going to stay there after they graduated USC. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when I came home to New York, there were just this like group of great, smart, driven, fun, like women that were also foodies and I just I don't know my kind of girls um, in New York. And so we were able to get really close and um, the. So thankfully I met them, but it's like I met them senior year, yeah. you know, and I really right. got close to them after college. So like one of my best friends now was actually in my sorority. We lived across the hall from each other, but we like barely spoke when we were living together, you know. So um, I think, you know, you mature, you grow. Yeah. So what was the post-grad like, life like? So um, this is where my life like got kind of crazy. I mean, I mean... 
there's um, right after I graduated college, I was dating this guy who lived in LA, and I was gonna move back to New York just for the summer because my mom and my sister were in New York, and um, I knew I was gonna live in LA, so it's like I should just go home and be home for a little bit. Um, and I bought my plane ticket, and I was moving to LA, and a week before my plane ticket, the lymph nodes in my neck got really swollen. And I was like, this is super weird. And um, so, and unfortunately my mom had had a type of cancer. She had had a type of leukemia. And so she was like, I just want you to come to my doctor because yeah. like this looks too weird. And in my mind it was like mono. I was a yoga instructor. I was so healthy. Like I couldn't imagine it was something serious. And I went to the doctor and he was like, cancel your plane ticket. We have to do like a lot of testing. And I was like, you're crazy. Like this is absurd. Like I can go to a doctor in LA. And he was like, you either have nothing at all or you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And like, I remember it like that. And I, I, I didn't even Google Hodgkin's because I was like, there's just no way I'm really sick. Like, there's just no way. And it took a month of testing. Nothing showed up in my blood. Like, I had no other major symptoms of being sick except my lymph nodes were just really swollen. And so um, a month later, they did a biopsy and found out that I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I had to start chemo immediately. And it was crazy. I mean, it just totally, obviously rocked my world and changed my life. So this is when, like, I started getting really close to this group of girls that were here because, you know, I didn't want to be, like, hanging around friends that were half friends. Like, I just wanted best friends. Yeah. And so you, you would come to New York not intending to stay. You were looking to go back, like, in a week. I, I mean, I came back for the summer, so I was here for a couple months. Okay. And then my, I have a younger sister, and she was looking at colleges. So I went college. I was like, I'll look at colleges with her, you know, to help her figure out kind of where to apply just for the summer. So, you know, three months probably I was planning on it. And then in um, – and I was moving in August back to L.A. Yeah, totally planning. I didn't know what I was going to do out there, but I knew I was interested in health and wellness and business and food and – I was going to figure it out. And then, I, I mean, I never left New York. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to be by coastal. <laughs> so what was that experience like, you know, going through all of that chemo? I mean, it was so crazy. Um, looking back, it, I mean, this is like nine years ago now, so it feels almost like a different life. Um, but it was so crazy. It totally changed my life. I mean, again, I felt so healthy and strong before. So yeah. it, it just turned my world upside down. I never thought of myself as like a sick person or I just, it never resonated with me at all. And so I basically, you know, um, my doctor, you know, the first thing I asked him was, because I was taking so much medicine, you know, like, what should I be eating? And he was like, you know, like some toast with scrambled eggs, sure. you know, just simple food, you'll be fine. Yeah. And it just never sat right with me. I was like, this the, is the answer. Did not the answer, right. yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, I was so grateful for the medicine, and there is a chemo treatment and cure for Hodgkin's, which is I'm so lucky. I mean, I'm so lucky. There's so many things that haven't been cured yet, but food to me, I mean, I just felt weak, and I was like, how do you, how do you feel energized and strong? I mean, food. Food is the answer. I mean, without food, your body can't run. And so I was like, I guess I'm going to have to, like, figure this out on myself. You know, what what kind of food makes your body feel good and helps you um, 
you know, feel good and think straight and um, and really just recover. And so I started studying nutrition and just cut out anything highly refined, highly processed, any corn syrup, any hydrogenated oils, any artificial colors or dyes, um, and just start focusing on whole, real ingredients. You know, just real food, just not packaged food, um, unprocessed, unrefined flours and um, unrefined sugars and um, so, so that happened. And then also I was like, I'm not going to go to a nine to five job right now. I mean, I, I can't, but I definitely have time and I definitely want to stay right. as busy and, you know, focus and, and have as much fun as possible. And how do you use this time? Like in a positive way sure. and have a purpose and have a purpose and like make, like turn this into something. Cause I have like all this built up energy and I, and like, and I really believe that everything is energy. So it's like, I have all of this like energy and just frustration and like questions and, um, you know, how do I kind of funnel this and turn this into a positive good thing? And so I, I you know, I love cooking. I've always been a foodie and was like, oh, well, I'm never going to be a chef, but I will be, I'm going to have to make food for myself for the rest of my life. Why not take this time to like, you know, have fun, like taking, take cooking and baking classes. So um, I took like the master class in cooking at the new school and I studied at the Natural Gourmet Institute, which is here in New York and um, started, I felt like, um, you know, the more the more that I studied nutrition and the more I took these baking classes, I was like, there's such a disconnect between what we should be eating and what's in like 99% of baking recipes. Most baking sure. recipes are just made of like white bleached refined flour, yeah. refined sugars, uh, you know, just highly processed ingredients, a ton of like butter, heavy cream, or just dairy. Um, and I just couldn't, I was just like, that's just so, it doesn't sit right with yeah. me. Um, so like you're studying these two disciplines and it's as if they've never met each other. Like exactly. they're just siloed off. In like an exciting modern way. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of hippie food out there. There's a lot of like yeah. vegan hippie food, right. which is like really pure tastes ingredients. Like but cardboard. it either tastes like tree bark or cardboard or it just hasn't – there's like a place for that when you're hiking. But like how do you like move that into like the everyday, the modern life, Yeah. you know, and um, and also like a cool brand or a brand that speaks to me. You know, so I just couldn't find it. And I'm in New York City. I'm not in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so the more I went into stores like Whole Foods or Fairway or, you know, I just felt like I couldn't find anything that really got me excited. And I just remember walking into um, Whole Foods and being like, if I was a mom today, which, you know, I'm not really close to being, but if I was a mom, honestly, I'd walk into the supermarket and, and there's just, there are no sweets I'd really want to buy. I feel like I'd have to make everything from scratch. And that's crazy. So that's where kind of the seed for Sweet Lauren started. I was just, you know, like it was really a personal need. It was just like, I guess I'm gonna have to make my own desserts and like sweets and snacks because I just can't find anything that's really delicious. Like if it's not delicious, I don't want to eat it. Yeah. Um, You don't want to compromise the the taste. Yeah. Like I just. Emotional quality. And if it's not made of clean ingredients, I just don't want it in my body. Like, I'm not going to feel great afterwards. It's going to give me that huge, like, sugar high, sugar crash. It's going to be too sweet, like, that clawing sweetness. Um, I'm just not going to feel good. And, like, all I want to do is feel great. You know, like, I don't want to feel good. I want to feel great. And so I just – I really developed this, like, sensitivity to ingredients while going through um, treatment and just – studying you know I experimented a lot of myself I think that's really what it was too I just I literally like cleaned out our entire apartment and just only bought a like every type of flour and sweetener and 
and just started recipe developing. I was like, all right, I'm going to recreate a chocolate chip cookie, which has been done millions of times, but how could I do it different? And I have a younger sister who um, is incredibly picky, <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect. If, she, if I can make her happy, like, we've won. And um, it finally got to the point after several, several iterations where she was like, this is the best cookie. And I was like, this is the best cookie I've ever had. And then, it, you know, again, like the seed of Sweet Lauren started to grow more because, you know, neighbors would order it or friends started ordering it. But, you know, before I really had a business. Sure. And um, when I talked about kind of like healthier cookies that were delicious, people just lit up. And I realized that, you know, it wasn't just a personal need. Kind of everyone got excited about this concept. So that's where, that's where like I really got um, passionate about this idea because it wasn't just about me. Like yeah. it was about, it was about progressing food and making food um, smarter and making more people be able to enjoy it and making it better for you and um, creating a brand that like the next generation could trust. I feel like a lot of food brands, there's not really trust. It's just they're convenient, they're on the shelf, they're what you grew up with. Sure. But just because you know the name of it doesn't mean you know you can trust the source of all the ingredients. Like a lot of food is there to make money, not to like give your body nourishment. And I just became super passionate about that because without good food, like there's no way I could have recovered. I mean, my doctor was like, you have bounced back like faster than anyone. Yeah. And I attribute that to a lot of like yoga and meditation and working out and like and a positive, healthy attitude, but for sure food. And it's just like, it's just, again, it wasn't like a mixed discipline of, you know, of like the way to take care of yourself was, was just so focused on like medicine. Yeah, right. It wasn't. And not in the, I, I mean, holistic in like, you know, I, I think the proper sense of the word, word. It's it's been a little bit tainted by I think some of the hippie stuff, but right. in like a holistic, comprehensive way, which right. obviously involves food. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's easy to understand how that led to your interest in food and, and ultimately Sweet Lauren's. Was there anything? maybe at a deeper level, you know, that that illness kind of brought about, you know, at, at like just in terms of your outlook on life or. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, it made me grow up, you know, I already grew up in New York and felt pretty old because you just grow up fast here. You know, I'd already been through, my parents got divorced. My mom had been sick with cancer. I mean, I'd been through a lot, but I think um, it, what it showed me so so clearly was just how precious life is and how you really have to live in the moment and how nothing's guaranteed and and that if you have this precious life you know and you get to choose how to live it and you can either choose to live it in ways that make you incredibly happy um you know or not and it's your outlook and um and so I just felt this huge sense of just like how precious life was, how it's in my control, how there's also this huge level of un- uncertainty that we right. all have to just accept and deal with. Because you were healthy one day and then all of a sudden. Right. At 22 years old, yeah. you know, when you really feel invincible. I mean, really graduating college, you know, a yoga instructor, totally. moving to L.A., you feel so invincible. And, and then to be like turned upside down 
um, was this huge lesson in just like how precious life is, how um, and how, but also how there's magic when you follow your passions. And so, you know, I was just, I had, you know, I just started studying nutrition and doing these recipes for a personal need. But, um, it, you know, it's a, it was, again, I think also a creative outlet for me. I wasn't painting. I really haven't painted since I started Sweet Lawrence. Like, it's been my creative outlet to, like, make recipes. Yep. And um, I love creating. And so I think that also just when you follow your passions and you connect, um, you find something that makes other people really happy. And... Um, with something that you love doing, there's just like this, you know, it, there was this momentum that was created that, you know, it was kind of out of my control. I mean, it's kind of, this kind of started on its own. This energy was kind of built. If other people didn't appreciate what I was doing, it would have just stayed in my kitchen. But, um, you know, I, from the second I started it, people kind of got excited when I talked about it. And that's what lit me up. I was like, there's a need out there that I could solve. You know, there's there's something I could give. Like what I've been studying for the last year, I could actually like make the world better in some way. And so that's what lit me up. And I think that realizing how, you know, unpredictable life is and how precious it is, it was just like, I don't want to live um, a day without doing something that I feel so good about and, um, and something that's really exciting and game-changing. Yeah. And, I, and truly, I did feel... Thankfully, I was totally cured that year, and I, I I felt stronger. You know, I really felt, I mean, not fear, I, you know, not completely fearless, but like as pretty fearless and strong, I think, as like right. possible, as a 23 could possibly fe- like feel. And I think that fearlessness, you're like, what do I have to lose? Yeah. Like, absolutely nothing. And so it's that combination of just like, if I have this one life, like, why not go big? Like, why not just completely follow your dream and do something that's so positive feeling and, and gives that kind of impact? And and really, I was just listening to this instinct about, like, following my passions because there was just something magical about that. Like, people really – people can feel that. And I really think that pe- – like, I feel like I was supposed to do Sweet Lawrence. I think it sounds, like, hokey and weird, sure. but I really do. Like, I, it just feels so right. And I know that no one else could do this. And so if you have, like, these deep passions, I think, like, your role in life is to follow them because no one else can like, tell that story. So so I started managing a restaurant um, because I just needed a job and I was interested <laughs> in food. I started working at a top bakery in New York. Um, and Where was that? It was called Levan Bakery on 74th I of Amsterdam. I asked would know. Do you know? Sure yes, you, she knows. Because... <laughs> It's fantastic, yeah. and I love the women that ran it. I learned a lot about customer service, um, and what I really loved was like these the people that would come into this bakery. I mean, they would just light up, and I, in the back of my mind, I was just like, "How do I bottle this happiness? How do I create a way to just like deliver this happiness like as much as possible?" Because there's just something so magical about when people treat themselves to something really good. You know, it's just their happiest moment, and. So um, a combination of falling in love with baked goods and then a combination of working in a restaurant and hating, <laughs> hating that, like hating that so much that I just... What like, did I you hate a, about it? I mean, I was a waitress. I was, I started this like catering company in this restaurant. I hated being, I hated being employed. <laughs> <laughs> I hated being employed by yeah. someone who wasn't really inspiring. I hated being, 
I hated just having a job that was so linear. Like I knew exactly how much I was making. None of it was exciting. I had to listen to someone else. I felt caged. I felt like I was in prison. I was like, this is not the life I want. Like I want freedom. I want like positivity. I want excitement. And I want like female leaders around me. And I wasn't finding that. And so I entered a baking contest in 2010 and I won. And Gina De Palma was a pastry chef of like Babo restaurant. She's just like amazing, amazing woman. And uh, unfortunately she just passed away from ovarian cancer like a couple weeks ago, so so sad. But she was the judge and she came up to me um, and was like, you have to do something with this. And I swear this like switch went off in my brain. And that was this moment of just like, I'm supposed to do this and what, and like, I just need to do it and take the leap. And so I quit my job and started Sweet Lauren's and my mom was like, you can live at home for six months, but like, you gotta figure this out. This can't just be a cute little cookie company. And I was like, so offended. I was like, yeah. it's never supposed to be a cute right. little cookie company. Like this is, this is changing the way America bakes. Like that's, that's the vision. That's the only reason I would do this. I, I would never be happy if this is a cute little cookie company. How old were you at this point? I was 26. And so I, um, and immediately got traction. Like I just emailed, right. um, you know, emailed a ton of my friends and my mom's friends and was like, does anyone know anyone who wants to buy healthier cookies? You know, <laughs> like anyone, just like one person, please. Because the second like people are paying for your stuff, you know that you have a business opportunity. And this company that makes healthy food for charter schools in New York um, called Red Rabbit, they he wrote back and was like, I'd love to. And so I was like, awesome. So I would go, and my one customer, I would go to their super ghetto kitchen above Daisy Mae's Barbecue on like 46th Street and 11th Avenue. And like the only time the kitchen was free, which was like 11 p.m. to like 2 a.m. Yeah. to make like these huge batches of healthier treats for schools. And the good news is kids love them. And I was able to just like scale up a recipe just by knowing how the batter looked. Yeah. And, and I mean, I feel like that's, th those are the best test subjects because they're not gonna like pretend that this healthy cookie tastes fantastic. Totally, no. Th they, not, they couldn't care less. Totally, they, like it was real. They loved them, you know, yeah. and also, I saw, I really got to see what it was like to be in the kitchen side, like actually be the one producing the product and realized I hated that. I was like, I could be doing so many more, how can I do this and sales? Like I could be doing so many more things. And uh, you know, I just, I just, that was the part, I was like, I'm actually gonna start hating this if I'm the one who has to make it yep. because it's too exhausting. Like I wanna create a recipe, but then ha have someone else make it. Um, then I started um, this amazing, organic flour company in Union Square Farmer's Market, which is iconic, I grew up here. They started, I started to make our chocolate chip cookie with their flowers and selling them at Union Square Farmer's Market. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I've made it, our stuff's at Union Square Farmer's Market. <laughs> and like, again, like not scalable. You know, they're only there a couple days a week. I mean, I was like, this isn't, how can I, I can't rely on this. Yeah. And so I took a business writing class and this guy in my business class Corey, I'll never forget, what, what really wanted to open up a bike shop. And at night, he worked in Whole Foods in the overnight shift, restocking shelves just to make money. And I was like, Corey, how does one get into Whole Foods? I have no idea. And he was like, I don't know, I'll find out. I'm like, I'll, I'll let you know. And then the next day he called me and was like, 
you have a meeting with the head buyer at Columbus Circle tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, Corey, are you fucking kidding me? Corey, come on now. Like, are you on my team or not? Like, our website said coming soon. You know, I didn't have a product yet. I had tons of ideas. And so I went to Whole Foods, really connected with the buyer, like really loved him. Like he had the same ethos about really just eating whole real ingredients. And we looked at the whole cookie category, baked cookies, baking mixes, um, cookie dough, and realized that no one had really built the next brand name in cookie dough. And so that's kind of where the idea just was like, this just feels right, you know? And so actually we were we were really looking at frozen cookie dough because there was kind of a couple small yeah. brands there and, and yeah. launching as a frozen product, it has a year shelf life, you know, the way you freeze, you know, raspberries or something. So I was like, this seems like an easy way to launch. You know, it's a product that has a year shelf life. It's not too risky. Um, and he called me the next day and was like, we've never tasted something so good. How, how soon can we get frozen cookie dough? And I was like crying. And <laughs> I was like, I have a real customer. And um, I told him it would take a month and it took seven months to find a factory, wow. design packaging and get on the shelf. But we did it. And um, by we, I mean me and the cookies. And, um, <laughs> and royal we, we. The royal yeah. we. And we launched um, with tubs of frozen dough in a couple Whole Foods in New York in and um january 2011 i won this contest called so a month after we launched in whole foods i won this contest called the next big small brand for food and it was this big new york city food contest with a lot of great um food entrepreneurs and um i won both the people's choice award and the next big small brand and like my best friend and i jumped in and she was just helping me bake off the cookies and i mean it was like a crazy night and um, and from that, there was a ton of press there. And I'd never told the story of Sweet Lawrence because, like, why? Like, I didn't, yeah. no one, no one no had asked. Yeah, no one had asked. <laughs> and um, honestly, I didn't even know how to frame it. I didn't even think about it, really. But um, the New York Daily News was there, and they were like, okay, so why did you start this company? And immediately I was like, well, if I didn't get sick, there's no way I would have cared this much about food and health and well-being. Um, and I wouldn't be this passionate about the way that baked goods make people feel. And like I, I immediately, you know, and I didn't realize how much people would kind of care about an authentic story and a story that honestly was like hard to tell at 26 when, you know, I just, it's just real, you know, and I didn't realize how being so real and authentic um, is the most important thing when launching a business too, um, because everyone can, everyone you know, gets and resonates with health issues. And at this point, unfortunately, everyone knows someone that's been through cancer too. Yeah. So um, so when I won this contest, we, I won branding work. And so this company really helped me, um, taught me so much about how important branding and packaging and marketing was. And again, I love creative, I love art, so I really loved learning this. Um, and this kind of marketing and branding combined my passions of business and art. And um, we redesigned new packaging, so it was, it, instead of being in a tub, we moved to a box where I moved to a new factory that could do break and bake. So they um, had kind of cut up the dough into little squares so you could just break off one or two pieces and make one or two at a time. And it was just a ton of learning, you know, to go from the tub. I did a lot, a ton of demos in Whole Foods and and just learned a lot about what customers were saying. You know, I 
the biggest thing was that when I would demo the product, people would be like, oh my God, I've never heard of a healthier natural cookie dough. Like I've never seen that or heard of it or tasted it. Right. And this so is so delicious. So it was a <clears throat> so it was a big education hurdle, but it was also this like, oh my god, the opportunity. Yeah. Like people are lighting up. Just untapped, right? It's completely untapped. No one has done this before. Um, it's like super exciting that like we could be the first in a really big way. And so that like that's what got me excited because I mean this has been so many like months and years of like working at this idea and growing it and growing it. Um, but that's what keeps me so excited is that it's just that need has not been met yet. And people get so excited when they hear about it. And especially moms. I want to say that everyone's our audience. But, um, you know, moms are a, a huge percentage of shoppers in a supermarket. And, um, you know, they, they love that this product makes it easy for them to make delicious, you know, treats for their family uh, and not have to, you know, stress about making it themselves from scratch. And... Um, and it's really hard to create something that's delicious and healthy. So just like solving that problem. Um, so launched with this new packaging that this branding company designed. It was really cool, very hipster. Um, <laughs> and D- Different than what it is now. Different than what it is now. Yeah. And then um, about, um, and so grew that and got a ton of national kind of, um, uh, more national press. I was I was picked as top entrepreneur by Marie Claire, which was like an awesome awesome um, day. And then I was on the Today Show live with Hoda Kotb, and the, all these things were really cool because it was a ton of national press. And they then like these emails would pour in from people around the country, men, women, every age group. Uh, being like, I'm Googling natural cookie dough and you're what pops up. When are you going to be sold near me? You know, I want to feed my kids healthy treats that are also delicious. Otherwise, they're not going to eat it, but I want to feel good about what I'm feeding them. You know, when are you going to be sold in Florida? Um, When, you know, I'm a grandfather and I want to be able just to have one or two cookies at a time. I love that you're packaging. You can make, you know, one or two cookies at a time. It's great. You know, emails from like dietitians and, you know, I tell my clients that you know you need to eat real ingredients and portion control but they have a sweet tooth and like this is a great sure you know i don't want to say you can never eat right. treats because that's just not realistic but you have to keep good quality food around the house keep it portion controlled you know and then have a balanced life and so i i mean that's what really got me going it was like oh my god there's such a national need for this and every type of person um i have to just focus and execute and the biggest opportunity that really happened this year is that we moved to like the largest cookie dough factory in North America and launched this refrigerated packaging. So we will never uh, be frozen again. What, We're refrigerated. What is, why is that such an important It's such decision? an important decision because that's um, where most of 95% of cookie dough is sold refrigerated. Got it. And so the, so it's a much bigger market. It's a much bigger market. Yeah. It's where the customers train to shop. Um, it's the you know peripheral of the store, so that's where customers are already shopping for their eggs or dairy, or and so the fact that we can just be part of like someone's normal shopping experience, then they can just easily find us. We're not making it hard to find, and our packaging is bright pink, so it really pops, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun and vibrant. And I feel like our brand is finally um, in the right packaging and positioning after you know some. Some a couple yeah. of years and some iterations. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I've had two cookies <laughs> as we've spoken, and I'm about to have a third. Um, we love Cookie Monsters. Yeah. So it was fantastic having you on. Um, and I can't wait to have more cookies. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to Clink. This podcast is run by Haymaker, a New York City PR firm that works with fast-growing tech companies. You can check out more episodes by subscribing on iTunes or by visiting haymaker.co slash clink. We're also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash clinkpodcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you'll probably enjoy our weekly newsletter, which can be found at haymaker.co slash newsletter. And if you're in the New York City area, you might also enjoy some of our events, which can be found under the Tech Press Meetup page at meetup.com or at haymaker.co slash events. Thanks again for tuning in.